hundreds of pages, thousands of words, millions of letters. Welcome to the Kanja Book Club. The price of admission? What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Kanja Book Club, a weekly Utini podcast where we intentionally experience Star Wars books together with our incredible community. I am one of your hosts, Timothy Guthrie, newly a fan of the Liverpool football team in the Premier League. And I am here with the one and only, my new arch nemesis, who probably won't speak to me. So, Patrick, would you kind of help me introduce Adam? Can you get him to say something for me? Hey, Adam, Timothy wants to know if you want to introduce yourself on the podcast now. I won't do it for him, but I'll do it for you, Patrick. (laughs) All right, Adam, will you introduce yourself on the podcast for me? I will. Hello, everyone. I'm Adam, and my heart's broken because of Timothy, who I'm now going to refer to as Benedict. (laughs) That's all I have to say. (laughs) At least he's here, everyone. At least Adam is here. (laughs) And we are here with the other lovely, beautiful voice that you heard, Patrick McIntosh. How you doing, man? Cloud nine. I am on cloud nine, man. Why is uh, that? Tell me the good news. Michigan got broke, got beat in a heartbreaker. And Michigan fan tears taste oh so good. I I cannot personally relate to either of those squads, but I can appreciate the heartbreak and the I you know there's nothing like watching your rival team cry and i'm looking forward to the next time that liverpool faces everton for that very reason as much as i love our dear adam it's gonna have to happen soon timothy i wouldn't say that too fast because uh y'all was everton looks like they will put a foot up somebody's behind i'm just saying (laughs) (laughs) everton's scared you're you're not wrong (laughs) like i don't want to face them and they got a genius for a coach no i don't want those problems in my life no it's gonna be like five nil before we know we're just gonna sit there look dejected and Bruno Fernandez is going to have, like, tears in his beard. Not his nice, smiling face. He's going to have tears in his beard. Does that man look like he needs tears? No. Well, He's you know who doesn't need You know who doesn't need tears in his beard? Our good boy, Obi-Wan Kenobi. He doesn't need tears in his beard, and I feel like he has them all the time these days. That might have been a terrible transition, but who cares? We're, <laughs> we're trying. It was by Anakin. He always gives me strife. I feel like Eric would be proud of your transition there, Timothy. Maybe. You know, it was a long <laughs> shot. It was a long shot. But we are here to talk about Star Wars. If you are new to the show, welcome. We're live in Discord every Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern, um, probably a little later-ish if we're being honest. And if that isn't enough for you, we also hit the Utini Patreon feed at some point on Tuesdays. Um, if you would uh, like more info on either of those platforms shoot us a message. We'll get you all sorted out. Guys, we have a lot of updates. First and foremost, I want to give a congratulatory shout out to Meg and Heather on the successful launch of the first episode of Calf Faves. If you have not listened to that yet, it is in your Patreon feed. Definitely check it out. 
super fun. They talked about some of their favorite spooky Star Wars books and people with 11 fingers and mm. <laughs> a lot of random tangent stuff that is just everything that Utini is made of. Um, so I highly recommend checking that out. Congratulations to y'all. Last night we hosted um, one of our first uh, official watch parties. Now that we've had the whole Patreon rebranding and everything, we got to watch The Mandalorian together. That was for our Inquisitorious patrons and up, and it was an absolute blast. So thank you to everyone who came and hung out with us. Um, it was a lot of fun. And to the book stuff, specifically regarding the Conja Book Club, we're finishing up Dark Disciple today. Super, super, super excited to finish this up. But coming down the line in November, next week, we are beginning Kenobi by John Jackson Miller. I am very excited about that because I have not read that one yet. You guys have both read it, right? It has been a while, but it is okay. time for a refresher. It's my first read. Okay, so I'm cool. Well, this Ready is going to be go. fun. Super exciting. Um, we're going to fast forward briefly past November because December, I'm going to announce that we're doing something really cool and really wild. Um, because of the holiday season and just the way that scheduling stuff is going to end up working out with, you know, COVID and trying to see people and getting all that done. December is going to be a shortened schedule. So we're actually just going to do the first two weeks of December. Um, and you're thinking, how in the world are they going to fit an entire book in two weeks? Well, we're not. We are, however, going to do something a little bit different. We are going to read a comic limited series. So some of you may remember that last year, 2019, Star Wars and Marvel published the Age of series. Um, they had the Age of the Republic, the Age of the Rebellion, and the Age of Resistance, um, encapsulating the three primary ages within the Star Wars universe. Um, and they created limited runs, four issues per a hero. They, they spotlighted a hero in each issue. There were four issues there. And then they also spotlighted four villains per issue. So there were eight total issues per age, nine when you count a special that kind of throws three or four characters together. So we're going to be covering the villains of one of those uh, series on the first week of December. We're going to be covering the heroes of that particular series the second week. So what this means is that Adam, Patrick and I have all chosen a particular age and it's going to be up to you, our lovely listeners and our community to um, respond to a poll that will go up probably by the end of the show uh, that will have you choose between the age of Republic age of rebellion or age of resistance uh, timelines and basically whichever one comes to be the winner is the one that we will do in December. Does that all make sense? Adam, does that sound like it makes sense? Makes sense Speaking to me. Speaking as my rival. All right. Awesome. Yes, I'll do you have a favorite? I am... <laughs> do you have a favorite? <laughs> so I do have a favorite, but I went out there. I'm, I picked one that I have not read and that is the age of resistance. Um, okay. So I am hoping that our poll allows me to go ahead and get those read. Really looking forward to those ones. Oh, and who all, who else featured in, in that particular, who are some of the heroes and villains that we can look forward to possibly reading about? So the age of resistance is for the hero lineup. We have Finn, Poe, Rose gets her own uh, one shot, Ray. And uh, naturally there's a special at the end. And then we yeah. have the villain side of Phasma, Hux, Snoke and Kylo Ren. 
So I would Ooh. very much like to read those. <clears throat> Ooh, uh, I'm thinking, Meg, I think someone said Phasma. <laughs> Fight with your heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patrick, how about you? Do you have a favorite? I love the Age of Republic ones. I think my favorite out of that one. Um, I love the Anakin one. Shout okay. out to Adam here. <laughs> I know yeah, that. I'm kind of surprised that Adam Adam did not go Age of Republic here. I know. I, I went with my I went with my brain, not my heart. I went with something I haven't read yet. As long as I don't pick yours, Timothy, I don't mind really. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't want to see you win uh, again. Ugh. <laughs> uh, Patrick, who else are we looking at in uh, in the Age of Republic? First heroes, they have Qui Gon, Obi Wan. Our beloved Anakin, because, you know, that's our um, crazy nephew on this podcast. And his beloved sweet wife, Padme Amidala. But coming in on the villains lineup today for the starting five or four, we have Darth Maul, Jango Fett, Count Dooku, team captain, and General Grievous. Okay, that's stellar. If I if I remember correctly, that Grievous one was especially interesting. I'm not the grievous one. I honestly don't think I've read any of the villains ones. So. Okay, I've I've been pretty spotty on the ones that I have read, but either I mean either way y'all choose, this is going to be phenomenal. I that leaves me. Well, Patrick, you have something else you want to add? I was just going to say, Adam, one question: Can we put like little from like the Michael Jordan documentary, little Chicago Bulls intro for when we announce things on here for when we like play the show back on the on, on Patreon for Tuesday? you'll have to ask the dictator he does the editing (laughs) well man united doesn't take orders so any any time we get to our updates yes i'll i'll see what i can do in post (laughs) oh man so that leaves me (laughs) our podcast updates podcast business Oh, man. Well, that leaves me with the Age of Rebellion. And we've got on the hero side, we have Princess Leia, Han Solo, Lando Calrissian, and the one and only Luke Skywalker. On the villain side, we've got Grand Moff Tarkin, Boba Fett, who, my God, is that going to be relevant? Jabba the Hutt and Darth freaking Vader. I don't know why you wouldn't choose the classics, boys. They're so good. Give me another victory, community. Give me another victory. Please. Just like Liverpool season, Timothy, we got to push you off the rails. I'm sorry. Hey, we won today. Stop it. Stop it. No, the community, right, the community will vote with their hearts. <laughs> they will vote for us, not you. <laughs> we, we shall see. We shall see. Well, Moving past December, because, yeah, people, we're moving past December. You're getting four months worth of updates uh, in this particular episode. We have officially decided on January's book. We're circumventing the voting process, the polling process and everything, because we have a feeling that y'all are going to read want to read this book with us anyway. Hold on, Timothy. Let's get the yeah. music. Get OK, the music. you want you, you want to bring me in? Bring me in. And now, for the podcast business, Timothy Guthrie. Y'all, with that phenomenal introduction, January, we have decided 
to read Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. The first book of the High Republic will be read four days after it's released on the Kanja Book Club. Yo, I am so excited. My yeah. voice is going to get all high-pitched and stuff. We get to introduce the new era. Oh my gosh. This is going to be a blast. So we got to be on our game, right? Like we got to got to make sure everything is polished, smooth, we know what we're doing. Yeah. We have to fix our our this this tension in our relationship, Adam. We got to work on this. The main thing we need to work on because this relationship that it's I'm not ready to talk about that yet. But we have to how how are we going to like stop and read only sections of this book? Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm imagining I'm, that by the we'll reread. I'm imagining it that by week. the time we're by the time that we're actually done, yeah, by the time we're actually done finishing the book on Conjure Book Club, I will have read it seven times. Yeah, one <laughs> because a week. I want to make sure I got it. <laughs> so it was, it was hard enough to stop Dark Disciple every week, and I've read that before. <laughs> right? No kidding. No kidding. Well, speaking of Dark Disciple, let's get into this episode because there was a lot that happened here some phenomenal storytelling some phenomenal closure and just a lot so i'm going to go ahead and get into the summary of the chapters remember this is spoiler heavy territory if you haven't read the book and you plan to do so soon continue at your own risk here we go so convincing the council that you know killing everyone is not an option i had kenobi and company intend to use Voss to capture count dooku when Ventress finds out, she's flabbergasted because she and Voss have actually been planning to run away together and it's going to throw a wrench into everything. She demands to be brought along for the ride. Appearing uh, before the council, Voss tells everyone that Grievous is on Christophsis, so the best course of action would be to find Dooku located in the Dreadnought above the planet. The intent is for him and Ventress to go alone, to finish what they started, but Anakin and Obi-Wan trail them. They make their way through the ship and end up hiding under a desk, which is hilarious. And Voss and Dooku walk into the room. Voss, lightsaber drawn, turns it on Dooku, and we learn that he's trying to get to Darth Sidious. When Dooku offers that they can take down the Dark Lord and Voss turns his saber off, Annie and Obi-Wan reveal their surprise and arrest the two villains. As they return to the Jedi cruiser with their captors, the clones and the fellow Jedi seem absolutely stunned. Dash lets his emotions get the best of him and confronts Voss. He is so angry only to end up having a saber taken away, which leads to a short-lived battle in which Desh's attack on Voss backfires and kills him and his Chagrian Jedi friend. Ventress shows up to rescue Voss and Dooku, unknowingly, and they head back to Christophsis. Taking fire from the Jedi cruiser, the Banshee crash lands onto the Dreadnought, and our boy Anakin gets to cut another hole through a ship. <laughs> Go, Annie. Ventress tapped into the dark side to make it to the Dreadnought, and she's leaning into it now to fight the pain that the crash caused. She's also angry at Voss and calls him out on all of the promises that he's made. But she's blinded by love and she keeps going anyways. Attempting to figure out what to do, Mace still wants everyone killed. And it is absolutely baffling to Obi-Wan and to us as well, let's be honest. On Christophsis, our villains head to a separatist base that has made its home in a hollowed out crystal tower. Walking into a room full of droids at full attention to Dooku, Ventress worries that she'll be betrayed yet again. But he relents. He, we learn that Sidious had been trying to call Dooku. So he takes the call begrudgingly, and Ventress and Voss sneak into the room and listen in. Dooku's trying to ask for a ship to help aid in an escape off-planet, um, while the Jedi and clones blow apart their tower. Unsettled by everything that is taking place, Kenobi has no choice but to continue pressing the attack. Anakin doesn't want to betray the command of Master Windu, after all, and the tower ends up collapsing. 
Ventress and Dooku are badly wounded. Voss will neither leave her nor kill him. Dooku reveals that Voss is a dark lord to Ventress. Voss tells her the truth, and she's absolutely broken. But she has this powerful moment of clarity in the Force, and then Dooku blasts her full of lightning. Her body's still smoking. Voss goes for Dooku, but he's realized, after all, that at the end of the day, he is a Jedi. He doesn't want the darkness. Anakin and Obi-Wan arrive in time to pursue Dooku, and Voss and Ventress have this beautiful moment together as she passes away. Skip ahead a few months later, Dooku's escaped. Voss has to admit his crimes before the council, and Kenobi fights for the memory of Ventress. Deserving the absolute very, very best, Kenobi and Voss take her body home to Dathomir, to the pool where she was reborn by her mother. She goes back to be with her sisters. Guys, opening thoughts. How did this last section hit you? Patrick, give it. Give us what you got. Am I the only one who laughed when thinking he's like, oh, Anakin actually wants to listen to something? Oh, it involved killing everybody, so that's why he wanted to listen. Okay. It would be Mace Windu that he would listen to. <laughs> well, when it came time to kill, yeah. Uh, well, no, how did... Go for he it. He sounded like, my bad, I'm sorry. But he did sound like... You ever hear like those government, government conspiracy theorists who start... Um, like when the government says something crazy or like there's some crazy um, headlines in the news about him and they're the type of people that, oh, yeah, so this is the most sense they ever made in my lifetime. Yeah, that was Anakin when he's like, oh, council said kill them all. Oh, yeah, this is the most sense they ever made in my life. About dang on time they did something right. Kill them all. Goodness. <laughs> Anakin's make the galaxy great again hat on. Oh, please. No. <laughs> oh, man. Well, how did, you know, I guess Adam you know, you've read this before coming through it a second time. Did anything hit you different here at the end? Uh, the ending is always very powerful for me, especially when he releases her back and gives her back to her sisters. I think that's a beautiful moment. And I think it's, we don't see it very often, but like redemption through li- like Voss lived at the end of the day, um, yeah. you know, throughout many other parts of the Star Wars universe we've seen redemption through death and it's just I'm not going to get into the rise of Skywalker right now but I just I loved to see that Voss walked away now he still paid such a heavy price um, for his redemption but he he still he still lived at the end of the day and could atone for what he had done so they're willing to do it do it more <laughs> yeah <clears throat> I agree. I, w- I would like to actually see someone live with consequences, right? Mm. Um, it, it seems like death is always the easy escape, you know, quote unquote. But I, I, yeah, I would like to see someone have to live through their consequences. So let's let's get into this chapter by chapter. You know, I, I've tried to break up a couple of questions each. Um, you know, Adam, you know, when Ventress finds out, right, that the Jedi want to give Voss another chance at Dooku. I mean, Voss doesn't know that he's basically being baited right you know do you think that she when she's pretty worked up about it do you think that it's more out of the fact that he would die or that he would go back to being the right hand of dooku and just being away from her what do you think there i think it just came down to the fact that they were sending him on this mission where once again she'll be he'll be taken away from her and i think that it will either end in his death or he will once again you know fall to the darkness fully which we, as we know, he's already in that area. But like for her, I think she'd finally got him back. She finally trusted him again. And they're just sending him on this foolhardy mission 
because I just didn't learn that lesson the first time. <laughs> Which, right. <laughs> you know, the Jedi Council rescues Quinlan Voss from hanging in a torture chamber with lightning scars. And they're like, you know what you should do, Voss? You should do it again. <laughs> it's like, don't, just don't mind me. I'm going to headbutt this wall over here. Like, it just, yeah. Um, for me, like, just Asajj sees the same mistake and just the fact that she could lose the person that she's opened up to, the first person she really opened up to, really, probably since she was a young Padawan, really. And that could all be taken away from her. And it's really... It's not her decision, and I think she she just feels a little helpless in that situation. Well, what do you think about the fact that they were trying to to run away together, right? Mm. Like like she has this free pass now, and and he, you know, I'm assuming there's a little bit of a time jump here, right? Because you know he had to get worked back in, into their good graces to to be willing to do another mission. You know, we talked last week about Yoda being able to have that that power that sees that he's evil. And that's the only reason this is happening anyways, because the other result was to, you know, kill him on the spot. Yeah. What do you think about the fact they were trying to run away together like that? She does seem very upset about that, that, you know, you're ruining our plans again. (laughs) I would have been. (laughs) I do love the memes where we see something slightly change in the story of Star Wars and then the. The second half of the meme is written and directed by George Lucas. I would have been more than happy if that <laughs> happened in this scenario where it was, let's run away together. Okay, cool. Happy ending. <laughs> Closing credits. Yeah, I'd, I'd accept that and I'd put the book down and I'd be happy. Um, I'm right there with you. Um, Patrick, you know, what do you, what does it say about Voss that uh, he's he's learning some things from Anakin in this particular chapter? You know, he, he decides, you know, Ventress shows up, right? And he's like, oh, let's just walk into the temple. Let's just walk into the council chambers. It'll be fine. You'll be fine. And he's like, I, you know, I've learned from Anakin that it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. What does this say about him? I thought this was, I wouldn't say poetic justice, but this was like um, just foreshadowing in a lot of ways. Because a lot of his arc in this, and especially these final few chapters, is very reminiscent of, uh, to me, just like Anakin. Just that final arc of Anakin as well. So I was like, ah, oh, they just they just foreshadowed everything on this. Yeah, also, they're... Yep. You should stop hanging out with Anakin. That was bad influence. <laughs> yeah. Have you not learned anything from your mother? Don't hang out with this kid. He's going to lead you down a bad path. You'll be doing well, death sticks. Well, and it is, it is interesting because, I mean, really, especially the ending of this book really does parallel their stories quite a bit. And I know that's something that we'll get to talking about a little bit uh, later because they go in different directions for sure. Uh, but one of my favorite parts about this book <laughs> is Anakin and Obi-Wan's banter. Um, you know, they are still hilarious. I felt like their relationship was still intact. They were still uh, Anakin wasn't quite as moody. Yeah, he wants to kill a bunch of people, but he's not as moody as he is all the way in Revenge of the Sith. And them trying to to follow Ventress and Voss onto the, the Dreadnought and having to take control of those battle droids and Anakin just continuing to go, Roger, 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 Roger. <laughs> was absolutely one of my favorite parts of this whole book. Adam, did you appreciate that at all? I did. I appreciated it a lot. And I, I especially appreciated it knowing that we'll be, 
we're about to hit the sad part of this of this whole story. So to get a little bit of Anakin and Obi Wan banter was very welcome at that point. Does it does it seem pretty pretty authentic to you to their relationship that this would happen? You know, I think that's one of the the things between the films and the Clone Wars. I think the Clone Wars you got to see a little bit more of their levity in their relationship. Do you did this feel good to you? Like did this feel right? Yeah, it definitely felt organic. I can definitely see this happening in their relationship. Hiding under the desk, bantering still. Anakin just wanting to rise and just drop Dooku right there and then and Obi-Wan having to place a hand on his shoulder. Yeah, just the whole relationship in this story felt very organic. Yeah, Patrick, we... You know, this whole thing leads into Anakin kind of being frustrated, right, that we can't just kill Voss right away. We obviously didn't know about Season 7 getting made with Anakin kind of feeling a little hateful. I know he's not all the way there yet, but do you think that this made sense uh, to kind of see him go this route when he might not have been quite this far at the ending of the Clone Wars series initially? In a lot of ways, yes, because this is still post Ahsoka being like treated very poorly from the council and her departure. So I always felt like he was no even though he was with them, he was still always on the fence after that point. Like, his yeah. mind was never right since. So, and you know what happens when he goes a little nuts? He gets murdery. Yeah. You know, one thing that that, that makes me think about, that I know we've mentioned a couple of times on this show already, and now that maybe we're hitting comics in December, we might have to hit another limited series at some point. Uh, that Anakin and Obi, uh, Obi-Wan comic, the uh, mini series that came out, four or five issues, it seemed like Anakin wanted to leave all the time. And you're right, with Ahsoka leaving, that was just one more major thread to get him that much closer to leaving. So I, I think you're right. I think I think this makes this makes total sense. You know, they're hiding under the desk, which was hilarious to me, uh, like little children, you know, in like their their dad's office, like they don't want to get in trouble or anything like that. What do you think is uh, is Voss's ultimate play here, Patrick? Like he's he wants to get to Sidious. Uh, you think his plan is to join up with him, to kill him, to, I don't know, go out for drinks? <laughs> what what's the plan here? I always thought they left that one up in the air about what he was really trying to do. But I was always more towards the idea of um yeah he's trying to be the replacement yeah adam do you feel similarly yeah yeah i do i, I th- you know at the end he's he's trying to explain that he just did it to get close to him and and that's in that's post asaj's burial when he's trying to re-simulate himself into the jedi order and i think even then i think it's it was hard to trust like i think he's come to believe that that that's what he wanted to do but i think at this point in the story, he was he wanted to probably be the right hand of Assis Lord. I could never, I don't know, when, when I went through and I was listening to it, I was like, I, I'd, I'd be so interested to see something fleshed out, right? Because I think the closest that we got to an apprentice situation or something was that little episode arc and the, um, the comic uh, Darth Maul, son of Dathomir comic, where someone got close enough to actually fight Sidious. And that was a brutal, a really fun series. But I, I would have loved to have seen that happen here, I think. You know, in some alternate history, Voss gets close enough and does try to put him down. I don't know. I think that would that would be really cool, personally. 
so they do end up getting captured. Uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin are able to to arrest them. You know, they're in stun cuffs. Can you someone please explain to me why they did not have like seven whole battalions of clones? <laughs> this just seemed like a terrible like they were not at all prepared. Adam did. Uh, what's what's going on here? <laughs> narrative <laughs> uh you're right like you would you would assume that you would have a jedi master and a known sith entity just absolutely surrounded by every clone in that sector um i'm guessing you know it's an operation it goes quick you don't really have time to think you just have to use what you have on hand have been there um, so I can definitely see why it was only what two dozen, um, but ideally yeah. it would be you know a hundred times that number for those two anyway. Also, like like this leads to 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 a, a pretty major death, uh, major with quotes, right? Because Desh ends up biting the big one here. Um, I feel like the Jedi sideline people all of the time in an effort to not let their emotions get the better of them. Why in the world would you put Desh on the scene anyways? You know, as close as he was to Voss, like this is just going to go badly. Um, and he's been, you know, a, a pretty minor B character in this book for the most part. Like we, we don't see him a lot. I mean, he's there, obviously he's doing some important things, but like relatively new, I feel like to me. Um, and his ending is kind of bittersweet, but how did that, that hit you patrick you know him being there and then the way that he went out go for it oh you just really got to question their decision making like y'all just do stuff so backwards y'all just dumb aren't y'all like if anything i know anakin's crazy but yeah you put him and obi-wan on um on prisoner duty for these two and at least you know keep the person that's gonna like obi-wan can keep his emotions in check when duty calls We've seen him over through the course of this book. He's been emotionally invested the whole time. Yeah. Let that man sit this one out. Let those two take care of this. And you honestly, that whole thing doesn't play out. There's no escape probably, but no, no dumb decision making. Adam, you got anything you want to add there? It was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> Like, it is bittersweet and it is a really sad way to go knowing what we know about the Moran species from the start with the young one who doesn't want to go down in the hull of a ship. She wants to go and fight and use her her um, sacrificial spike. Um, yeah. I, think it was all, I think it also builds a little bit of, you know, we were still perhaps in the grey area with Voss and, you know... He inadvertently caused the death of both his friend, who was willing to sacrifice his own life to bring him down in the first place, and then also this this younger Jedi Knight, who by the sounds of it hadn't been Jedi Knight for very long. Um, so yeah, yeah. well, it, you have the yeah. you know that that one little line too in the book, right, where it, it Voss didn't let the poison fully kill Dash, right? Like, like he let his lightsaber kill him. He he gave him a quick death because he didn't deserve the other thing. So there's still like a glimmer, right? That that little glimmer of hope in Voss that oh he might be a, a decent person, right? I thought that was a welcome welcome piece to add there. But yeah, I, it really sucks that the Dash went out like that. You know, trying to sacrifice himself, trying to 
to make a good close where a very Jedi thing to do, very noble thing to do, but it just turns poorly on him and, and his, his friend there. Yeah, Adam. I was, I was going to say, I think it also shows the depth of the relationship that he had with Asajj. I think it, it was to show us as well that Desh was basically his best friend and he was yeah. willing to do what he did. It, it was only like it, it was only Asajj that could bring Quinlan back at this point. Like if Asajj wasn't around and this mission had gone through, then Quinlan, you know, he would have had to have been put down by the Jedi Order. Because nothing, that's would have, a, nothing that's a, would have got him back if his best mate couldn't bring him back. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic point that I did not think about. Well done, sir. This is why I'm here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to ask you about your boy Anakin because he is some kind of of just murder hungry. He just wants to kill everything in sight. <laughs> like he, as soon as Vos and Dooku escape. Uh, and, you know, Ventress comes and gets them on the Banshee and they take off. You know, he just he wants to shoot them down. He wants to see them done. Where do, where does this come from? Like, why does he all of a sudden want to do this so badly? Like, for me, I feel like it kind of comes from, I don't know, like, does he feel betrayed? Is it just like this is the right thing to do? He's such a, a weird, hard nut to crack. What what are your thoughts on on your boy here? I think this one's a hard one. So it's a pretty common trait that war changes a young individual. And I think at this point, he's been fighting in a war that he shouldn't have been fighting in in the first place. And I think that this is all he's, they're starting to, we're starting to see that this is what he's used to. He can take an order and just go with it. He's only in this position, like he says it in the book, but Master Windu said that we have to <laughs> get through them. And I think it's just become normal for him now. You see it in some earlier Clone Wars where he attacks the Mandalorian minister from behind. It's just, it's becoming part of him. Um, like I'm, I could sit here all day, talk about what war does to people, but I don't, we don't have the time for that. So I think, I think he's just, it's just, yeah, it's he's becoming this person, and it's becoming easier and easier to whip that lightsaber out. Yeah, he's just, this is what you want me to do? Fine, yeah. this is what I'm going to do. It's becoming, I think for him, it's becoming mission first, code second. And it was already really yeah. like that anyway. It was already gray for him, but I think it's becoming more black and white. The end game, it's not how we get there, it's how, it's, you know, the accomplishment. Yeah. Well, and, you know, he... He gets this also because Mace is encouraging of it, of wanting to, to put everybody down. And that was a weird alliance to kind of see. Obi-Wan's pretty astounded that Mace wants everybody killed. I mean, should he really be this surprised, Patrick? I mean, has he not been, been paying attention? <laughs> he must have. They, they must have just like turned a blind eye like they did with his relationship. Because y'all should have known better. First one to get live, no, to give Mace the power to just like you know off people because he's kind of with the killing thing, and then y'all send Anakin to do it. Y'all know he was going to take it too far. Y'all know how that boy is. Bad parenting, all in all, Adam. All right, it's time for my weekly mass bash. All right, so. Anyway, <laughs> this bloke. <laughs> that like it, I think it, <laughs> put a fancy jingle in there too. I think it, for me, it shows that 
Mace is also willing to manipulate those around him to do what he needs them to do. Like he has Anakin there and we've seen in the films that he doesn't trust him. But when something like this comes around, he knows who he's going to go to. He's going to go to Anakin. So instead of helping Anakin not be in this position, he's going to release the hound. Like, <laughs> and then don't, and then you look so surprised when he cuts your hands off. Like you didn't, you assisted yourself to get to this point in my mind where instead of helping this young man, you are using him and you are using his negative traits to get your agenda done. That is your agenda. You want them dead. Everyone else is like, <laughs> but yeah, like you're, you're well, willing to throw Anakin out there and do what he needs to do. Yeah. You know, I think you're right because you know, when we go back and we read the revenge of the Sith novelization, like we did, you, whenever Anakin lands, when he and everyone land from, from killing Dooku, Mace is like, you, you, you did it. You, you did the thing. Mm. That's so great. You did the thing. <laughs> and he's like upset that he couldn't have been the one to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. That's a that's a good point. Mm. Yeah. Patrick, you want to throw anything else there? You good? It's I like what Adam was saying. It's almost like, you know, how um, parents live vicariously through their children. Like, oh, I wish I was a star athlete in high school. Let me make my kid the star athlete. So I can have all, you know, all the pleasure of it through them. And I honestly yeah. think that's, yeah. like, I I will take the victory of of the this this kid that we're not going to put on the on the council. <laughs> I also think it's a bit of jealousy as well, because as powerful as Mace is, do you really want to like go up against somebody that's named? They're literally the chosen one. You don't want those problems. <laughs> yeah. And boys the little nuts. No, mm. you don't want those problems. Yeah, the way I look at it is like, he, like it's like he is the shadow point of the prequels. Everything seems that you can trace it back to this man a little bit. For Mace? Mm, yeah. In like that yeah. narrative speaking, yeah. Say so Mace I got you. both of them. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody. But no, I I do like that 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 idea that Mace is intentionally working outside the lines to get what he wants done because he is brash enough that he's never, especially because he's on the council, you know, throwing out radical ideas like that. The I would like to think that the majority of those on the council are going to want to take a more peaceful, pacifist, defensive approach. But he, ne and so of course you would trust Obi-Wan to try to keep things level headed and would try to to keep things contained within Anakin, but mm -hmm. Mace sees that exploit and goes, he can't keep Anakin in line, so let's let Anakin do the thing that I actually want to do. Obi-Wan will be there, but Anakin's going to fight this for me. Which which I think also adds to the, you know, the old Obi-Wan is the best Jedi of this point, because he is, like, there is doing the bad thing, and then there is watching the bad thing happen and saying nothing. But we see that yeah. Obi-Wan will throw everything on the line unfortunately he did go a few with at, at the start and so we saw that but like he's he's not a bystander in my like he will say something when i think the rest of the jedi council there's that fear of mace we talked about it last week where they will buy, they will just stand there and they'll just arm and arm but they will not <laughs> they will not try and stop him yeah yeah all right, well, let's put a cap on the mace talk. I think, I think we're good. I think we're good. So we we move into the, the back half of this section. Uh, we talk about, 
you know, the they're back on the dreadnought Ventress and Voss and, and Dooku kind of get there. Um, were, were you surprised when they end up, you know, getting into the base? Were you surprised that Dooku didn't betray Voss and Ventress? And why do you think that he allowed them to live, Patrick? Because I think he still needed them. He was, he knew that he could not take Voss and that, he gets Voss started and powered up again. And y'all are giggling because y'all saw that too on the Discord. <laughs> ah, Jared's killing it. <laughs> <laughs> Mace is 100% of Cool Rico. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's a shirt. <laughs> We've opened I'm sorry, eyes. I <laughs> He's like, oh, what's the question? I'm sorry, I'm too busy, busy giggling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, what were we talking about? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we'll, we'll throw it to Adam. Um, you know, when we're thinking about, you know, the fact that Dooku didn't betray Voss and Ventress, you know, they walk into this room full of battle droids and, you know, he's completely going to adventurous things betray them he didn't what you know what what do you think was going through his mind why do you think he kept them alive there uh, i look at dooku as someone who we as we know he's he's very calculating and i think he, he still had a plan for these two um you know look into the force maybe he he knew something was about to go down but perhaps keep them close just in case we don't yeah. know what's about to happen that makes sense. It It's in this section, uh, in this chapter, excuse me, that we get the first and only appearance of Darth Sidious. Uh, he shows up via hollow because he, uh, you know, Dooku couldn't answer the phone for a bit because he was captured and he's got really terrible service, you know, on the Jedi cruiser. Patrick, what did you think about getting to see Darth Sidious here? Was it enough for you? Was it too little? Um, and how did you feel, you know, could you feel the power emanating through him? I could I also find it hilarious when he asked, who else is in this room with you? I know somebody else is in this room with you and don't try and lie to me. Yeah. You got, you got Ventress and, and, and Voss kind of sneaking in, hiding out in the corner. Yeah. The fact that he's powerful enough to, to sense that. Oh my God. And also didn't, um, didn't Sidious give him like a line about something about his reception? Didn't he? I thought there was a line in there where he said, "Yeah, don't don't lie to me about your reception ever again." Which I mean, let let's be honest though. I feel like that this brings up a very a very valid question in my head of if he can sense other people in the room, could he not sense what was going on with Dooku? Why he couldn't answer the phone? Could he not communicate any other way? Or was it just you know like maybe he's so focused he's so tuned in that he can sense everything that's happening there because he's talking to dooku adam you want to or patrick go for it i was gonna say he's kind of like a woman who caught her man in a lie she's gonna give him a chance to tell the truth but she's also gonna give him a chance <laughs> to lie pick one it's a it's a test it's a trap and and he, he and he tells a half truth right he, he only reveals well i guess Voss reveals himself, but he doesn't give away that Ventress is also there. Adam, what do you think? Oh, I think he knew. <laughs> I just, yeah. 
I think there's so much going on in Palpatine's head, so many different little threads that this is just inconsequential to the overall plan. And he's just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I got bigger things to worry about, buddy. <laughs> well, the, the the phone call ends. Uh, we get the Jedi blowing everything up and the tower comes to crash. Chapter 40, we get Voss is the only one of the three that is like kind of okay enough to be moving around. Uh, you know, Duke, who's like kill or leave Ventress, you know, let her die out on her own. And Ventress is like, you should kill Duku while he's down. Like just hurry up and do it already. And he's so conflicted, right? Like he, he wants everything. That's the dark side in him. He's stubborn, but it ultimately leads to this, like, at least to me, like this passive inaction in a way. Um, like he's moving, he's, he's doing things, but he's not taking full control. He's not making a, a decisive decision, I guess. So Adam, I, I gotta know, like, is this the ultimate problem with the dark side? Um, I don't know that it's necessarily that you'll never be able to achieve anything, but it, it doesn't seem like they're ever that decisive. Um, do you feel similarly here? I think it just depends on the person if they're willing to go all in, <laughs> Uh, you know, Voss isn't there yet. We saw him show, in quotes, mercy to Desh. Like, he's close, but I, th- I still think it's the, it's what the person is willing to do with it. You look at Palpatine and there's no line. I'll cross all lines, says that guy. But like Quinlan, yeah, he's just, there seems to be some hesitation leading up to what we will soon see. Patrick? And to piggyback off Adam's point, I was always under the impression it was different. Like the motives are always different for somebody who was born of the dark side, like born inculcated in it, like Palpatine was and someone who crossed over for someone who crossed over. They still have to fight both sides in a lot of ways. There's someone who's in the words of Bane, they were simply born in the darkness. There's, there's no hesitation. There's no, there's no conflict of direction. There is, there's only their way so well on the flip side you know we have the jedi who while while they're they they might not necessarily always be fully in control of their emotions you know they claim to be fully in control of their decisions um ventress is kind of this middle ground right dooku kind of points out that she flirts with the dark side you know is that kind of of life sustainable you know that's one of the biggest problems to me you know, where the, the Sith, depending on, I mean, even Palpatine, Adam, you know, you make a great point that he, he knew full well what he was doing and, you know, was willing to stick to it and just brutalize the galaxy. Um, but the Jedi, you know, kind of have this apathetic approach almost in a sense. You know, do you think Ventress, had she, you know, continued on and lived, do you think that she could have been this middle ground, this, I don't know, gray Jedi-ish type? What do you think? I think it's it's something that we can talk about if we were to have like a balanced discussion where it leads into your human or your sentient emotions. I shouldn't say human. Um, you know, how far do we lean into anger and sadness and happiness and love? And yeah, it's a, it's a big question, I think. Um, I don't really have an answer, I guess. I'd have to discuss it for a while. I've talked enough. 
How's Patrick? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Patrick, you have anything you want to throw in there? I do think she could have. She would have been a, de- a good, like, immediate Jedi, like, moderate Jedi, because my if she didn't have, like, the traumas and the pains that she had. But she did, even with that, she did have a sense, a level sense of being and in a lot of ways, an accurate sense of both sides, if you want to be honest. Like, she, there's a difference between using the dark side and being consumed by it. And I think she started to understand that. Or at least, started to understand it by the time she went back to her family. And she really understood it after the downfall of Quinlan. Now I'm starting to think about Asajj in that way. It kind of reminds me of Ray a little bit. Right, there are big differences. I understand that. But like Ray was so much more than just a Jedi. She leaned into darkness a little bit. She was angry. She was offensive as in, in her fighting style. Like she leaned into that side and was still able to be the hero through balance. Like I kind of seeing a little, a little bit of that in Asajj now where – she is a good person, I think. We can see that. But she's still willing to use the tools of the dark side if her emotions lead, lean her into that direction. But she's now able to pull herself back. Like she... All the pain that Dooku has caused her, she's still willing to not kill him and just get away. Kind of yeah. thing. Like, you know, that's what I do love about Ray is that she's not this... This angel, right? She is someone who struggles, as we all do, and I think I'm seeing a little bit of that in Asajj now. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Mm-hmm. And she has this really beautiful moment in Chapter 41, right, where she gets this absolute clarity in the Force. Um, you know, time slows down, the the Force warms her. It reads, and every possibility is laid out before her. It's almost like she can see the shatter points like like mace has right like when he looks at people he can kind of sense in the force whether this is going to matter or not and he can see the possibilities and uh it's almost like this is what i got when when ventress has this moment what is it that that makes Voss? you know once dooku strikes her with the lightning what is it that makes Voss decide you know what i'm not actually a bad guy after all <laughs> and uh Patrick, for you specifically, you know, this looks like a pretty stark contrast to Anakin's response to Padme's death. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think one key difference was Anakin more or less killed her. And Voss, he wasn't, I'd I'd have to say it, he wasn't down the road as far as Anakin was. Um, I think he was, he was still back and forth fighting it and trying to lean into it at the same time, which I know it doesn't sound like it makes any sense, but he was he was still just like, you know, weighing the scales of each in his mind. And I think she was still the main reason why she he was doing any of it. And when that main reason that main reason for someone's actions are taken away, there was like no reason to dabble in the darkness anymore, you know? Just give it up. Yeah. Adam, you got anything you want to add there? Yeah, yeah. it kind of leads into what we talked about previously, where the love 
is a different love. You know, we look at we we've all we've all talked at nauseam about the love shared by Padme and Anakin and Anakin's obsessive behavior and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But this, yeah, this was like just a pure love that only she could take. Only she could bring him back. There was no one else that could bring him back. His best friend couldn't. His colleagues couldn't. It was all her. Um, but again, it's like, yeah, he redemption through life here, but he still had to pay probably a heavier price. Well, and this leads to, you know, Jared's talking about it in the chat. Uh, one of my favorite things, you know, it's, it's one of their last particular moments together. One of their last conversations that we read before she, you know, totally passes, but she, she looks at him, she's dying, right? Like her body is smoking from the lightning that she took from Dooku. And uh, I had to type it out because I was like, this is just so good. You know, she says, I'm proud of you. You chose loving me instead of hating him. Hey there, Rose Tico. Uh, best choice you ever made. You always have a choice to be better, to pick the right path, even if that choice comes a little late. And it completely catches Voss off guard. He can't can't speak at all. Ventress traces his face. Always remember that I loved you with all of my heart. And then he says, I will. And then she dies. Um, And that's the first time that she had ever been able to put to words the way that she actually felt about him. And I thought that was totally incredible, an incredible moment. You know, Jared says it's his favorite moment in the canon book. Patrick, do you agree? I mean, it's up there. Like, it's one that hits you right in the feels. Yeah. I was was listening to this part in the car and I started tearing up a bit. Mm. Yeah. Play it off to somebody else on the phone. Like, no. I'm not crying as allergies. <laughs> yep. Adam, how about you? Yeah, it was it was very it's very emotional. It's very it's just it's a beautiful moment, really. Like this whole ending is just wonderful. Yeah, it's and then you know that leads into chapter forty two, the ending of it all. I I do want to give a shout out to Kenobi. Uh, because Voss is up there trying to, you know, explain what happened. He wants to make sure that Ventress is taken care of because, you know, there at the end, you know, if you're the Jedi, you think that she's one of the bad ones again. And Kenobi just stands up and like tells everybody to sit down like, hey, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like she has saved us from making some terrible decisions. Like we've decided to try to put these people down to, you know, start assassination attempts and all this. And Ventress saved us from doing that, and she deserves the absolute best in that. Um, again, like he's the only one that has made any sense at all throughout the entirety of this book, <laughs> through the entirety of everything, I guess. You know, Adam, was was that a was that a cool moment for you to see? Yeah, it was. And uh, just so I don't forget, I also particularly loved the ending where Christy Golden specifically pointed to Obi-Wan and Asajj's relationship was he put his hand on the casket like on the capsule like you kind of then think back to all their flirtatious banter and um, everything that he's seen her go through I thought that was a particularly beautiful moment at the end where Obi-Wan is succumb to his emotions a little bit as well because they were I mean like they were friends like they were friendly Mm. like you know there was probably Mm. never going to be a uh, a a you know romantic connection or anything like that there, but like there was a, a a playful loving adoration of like 
Like we could, we could have just had a lot of fun together. Yeah, we so did have a lot of fun together. So like he, you know, he just like being silent and kind of doing what Voss is doing because he felt it as well. That was like I thought that was yeah. particularly special. Yeah, Patrick. Wonder how much Excedrin Obi Wan had to take on a daily basis. Because do you know how hard it is to probably be the only voice of reason among all those people? Man must have had a constant migraine. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like I wonder if he. He just had to drink and take Excedrin just to like get his head to stop hurting, right? You you know that that uh, Jocasta knew you know runs like a a, a Coruscant Walgreens or something like in the back corner next to the Starbucks <laughs> in the in the temple, and so Obi Wan makes a frequent frequent walk down there. You know the the second Tuesday of every month. <laughs> just the his he just got to filled. He gets a text message on his com. Yeah, she's like ready the. The the meds to deal with Anakin. Uh, hey, I gotta go, guys. <laughs> hey, I gotta go pick up something from the place. I'll be back in five. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like how you said the Walgreens and the Starbucks. Yeah, you know there's a Starbucks down there. <laughs> of course. You know oh, wait, there is. One question. Who's at the Starbucks the most? Oh, Kiati Mundi, for sure. And Kit Fisto. They're down there together. I, I bet they go together. They All take right, the carpool. The, who's the one in the Starbucks? That's like doing work on their data pad obnoxiously so everyone can see them doing work like they don't have Wi-Fi at their own goddamn house. Yeah, uh, that's where I'm going to go with. Oh, and I just lost his name. Uh, Let me find it real quick. Hold on, because he is who I have decided is the council's Kanye West. Uh, Got to find it. Oppo Rancisis. Ah. He is he is he is down there on his MacBook Pro getting all the work done with his nasty nasty beard. <laughs> and hasn't been on a field mission in 20 years. 20 years. But he's writing about him. He's writing a book. That's what's happening. He's writing a book about his exploits. Right? It happened like <laughs> 30 years ago before the Clone War. Yeah. While Kenobi picks up his medication and gets um oat milk latte. <laughs> Oh he man, he doesn't like nuts. It messes with his stomach. It does, though. It does. Well, I think the probably you know to be honest, my favorite part of the book is the ending, and you know Obi Wan and Voss get to return Ventress to Dathomir. Uh, there's this really cool, you know, they're having this conversation, and Obi Wan's like, I don't like this. Like, I can feel the dark side, and, and Voss is like, No, but it's different. Like, it's not evil. This is a very different form of what you're used to experiencing. And so Obi Wan kind of opens himself to it. And he's like, oh, oh, this is this is something. This is neat. Uh, and then he returns Ventress to the pool where she was reborn in the Clone Wars by Mother Talzin, and it, it glows green and. Obi-Wan is freaking out like he's got his lightsaber drawn, but he doesn't light it. And he like he knows something is happening, like something isn't supposed to be happening, but something is happening. And I thought it was so poetic that, you know, Ventress, it broke Ventress that she couldn't find a way to preserve her sisters. Right. Like earlier on in the book, it was something that absolutely tore her apart. That's why she left Dathomir, because she's like, I can't fix this. This is too much for me. and And it's time to go. But Voss is able to bring her back and take her into this pool and to be restored, right? And he was also taken aback by how, um, you know, how 
how clean, how uh, pristine, you know, the Jedi had preserved her body and had done a great job there and all that. But but to be able to hear kind of that voice at the end with her sisters kind of welcoming her back to them, I thought was was chilling. One of my one of my favorite parts of the book. Patrick, how did that how did that ending strike you? It struck a nerve because it was so touching. And it really does. I like. Well, I'll say this first. It really does show how Kenobi's the scholar of he was willing to open himself up to this, this new aspect of it that he didn't understand nor knew anything about, but he was willing to go with it for a minute. Also, I like yeah. the idea that he had to point out to Quinlan that you are still on house arrest and probation. <laughs> yep, for sure. Adam, how about you? The ending of this book, did it give you the feels? It sure did. And it, it's it's moments like this where I, I see Qui-Gon in Obi-Wan. I see that influence yeah. of Qui-Gon where, you know, he's there because his master taught him to try to accept things that you do not understand. So this is one of those times where I think it was Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon Obi-Wan doing his thing. Uh I was trying to think of a way to merge their names, and I can't do it in my head. <laughs> it's too hard. Obi Gone. Yeah, it's uh, Obi Gone. Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's really good to see that, to see that from him. Uh, it shows the maturity that he's coming into, especially to fill in that gap between Episode Two and Three. He's, you know, he's really coming into his own. Like he deserves his seat on the council. Like he is. He he deserves it. Like he's he's great. That's why he's the best. <laughs> so, well, everybody, I think that is going to do it for us today. Thank y'all so much for participating in the chat. I love seeing y'all there. Love having conversations with y'all throughout the show. Next week, we are talking about Kenobi chapters one through eleven. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Discord at underscore T Guthrie. Adam is at DarkStarAU and Patrick is on Discord at Mac11. If you want to help support the show, head on over to teeny.com. Look up Dark Disciple. Look up Kenobi. Uh, click the Amazon link on the profile. It'll keep us on the air and help us produce some more awesome content. You'll find links to, I'm going to put them all out there, Dark Disciple, Kenobi, each of the Age of series just so that you can see them, so that you can make an informed voting decision before we get back. Oh, man, that's <laughs> voting. I just... Oh, sorry. Uh, and then I'm also going to put the link to Light of the Jedi as well. So you can go ahead and get that in because pre-orders are going to be crazy. And you want to go ahead and get that done. That way we can have that ready to go in January. All of the books, y'all. Uh, so if you'd help us out, like to help us out more directly, you can find us on Patreon as well. Or pick up some sweet new merch at utini.com forward slash merch. I do believe we have some new things coming soon, especially because we have the from a certain point of view empire strikes back coming out uh next week so that's super exciting so make sure to check that out we should have some new shirts coming out soon special thank you to sally and chris eilerson and our very our very own i said our very own our very own freddie c uh he has joined us on our alliance high command patreon tier thank you guys so much and cheryl bell alec householder and patrick ortiz on our jedi high council tier for their amazing support and shout out to adam and patrick for podcasting with me today you guys are awesome may the force be with you everyone